Everybody, welcome back. Episode 17 of the Fastest 40 coming at you. My name's Dan. I've got Trey over here, as always. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's crazy. It's already July. We're already talking football. I feel like football is tomorrow. <laughs> this is the last month of the year that we have to worry we don't have to worry about not having football some point this month. So, yes, Lord. Enjoy the last month of the year with no football because next month it kicks off. Well, let's go. Let's get high 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 all right all right ladies and gents we've got the pregame stretches don't want you to pull a hammy of course these are always brought to you by cs designs our boy Corey sanders always doing big things www.coreysandersdesigns.com check him out on instagram at cs designs official he offers full service creative uh, services for marketing videography photography graphic design web design and so much more he takes everything you want makes it a reality give him a give him a call check out his website uh, you won't regret it not at all so first stretch first thing we want to jump into is related to hbo's show Hard Knocks, which centers on NFL teams going through their training camp. And uh, it follows all of these players who have these, you know, unlikely stories, not big name players. You know, those those guys like, um, who was it that one time? Uh, for the Browns, <clears throat> the kicker who, or the wide receiver who was homeless. And then he oh, made right. his way through all these different challenges and, and ended up earning a spot on an NFL roster. You right. know, gives you an in-depth look at these NFL success stories that you wouldn't otherwise even hear about. And this year's team will feature the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, which is their first appearance on the show since 2001, back when Emmitt Smith was still on the team and in the league. Right. This might be somewhat of a success story itself. You know, the worst team to ever be established in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> other than the Raiders. But uh, I'm yeah. glad you brought up the Browns because I always think of the hard knocks from a few years ago. I think it was 2018 or 17 when uh, the Browns were on hard knocks and mm -hmm. that their O-line coach, every time he's, he said, Hut! his belly, his whole belly moved like a whole unit. <laughs> it just all yeah, jolted so, up yeah, with right, his body. Yeah, right. So that's what I always think of. That's hilarious. I mean, <clears throat> my I never really watch hard knocks. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't. I watch the highlights. I see some of the stories and read about them. That's right. really the extent of it. Outside of when the Chiefs were featured in 2007. And you got to see guys like, you know, Turk McBride and Tank Johnson falling asleep in the defensive line room. And <clears throat> an up-close look at how Herm Edwards was handling the team. And, you know, I think it's really cool if you're a fan of that team. And outside of that, there's not really a whole lot that keeps me interested personally. I'm surprised they're still doing it. Right. To be quite honest with you, I wasn't sure. Is that is that like a free thing? Do you get to watch that for free? It's on HBO. So no. So no. Okay. Yeah, I think they that's, charge that's, that premium. That's a big hinder too. Like I'm not gonna buy HBO just to watch Hard Knocks. You right. Know? 
Exactly. If ESPN Plus is doing hard knocks, you're damn right. I'm probably watching every NFL team. It doesn't matter who it oh, is. Oh, it's five bucks a month. Why wouldn't right. you? Yeah, that's I a game I watch all of Peyton's places, yeah. and I hate that guy. Right, which somebody out there is probably like, HBO is $7.99, you cheap fucks. But it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know how many streaming services that i got to pay for, <laughs> you man? You can only have so many before you have a car <laughs> payment of streaming services. Seriously. <laughs> it's like there's so much content, but let's not get distracted with right. that talk yeah. here. Um Dallas Cowboys, they're coming in. I think the most interesting storyline for that team is going to be the wide receiver room. All the talent they have over there. Maybe seeing Zeke do some Ezekiel Elliott type of thing. Seeing Dak Prescott and his comeback. I think it's going to be focused around Dak's recovery. Oh, 100%. What can Dak do this week and how is he progressing day to day and what's he like in the meetings? Oh, yeah. You know, because everybody talks about how he's such a leader and how he's going to be like the next guy and comeback player of the year, but like, let's see what he's inside the locker room. How how is he inside the locker room? I don't know. So. And that was a gruesome leg injury. I mean, you may get some Alex Smith E60 type of that would be you, cool. You know, aesthetic with that with that. That segment. would bring people in. One hundred percent. And the Cowboys have a big following. I mean, if the NFL were to put together a show about any team, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys because of how big their fan base is. Because of you know two decades of success over the that, 80 yeah. years of their existence. That's a good point, too. <laughs> and after COVID, you know, everything kind of dropped off. Numbers with every, within every sport dropped off and viewership and, and people attending games and all that shit, right? But if there's two other teams that you're going to pick in the NFL for hard knocks, it's going to be the Chiefs or it's going to be Tampa Bay, right? Right. And you you can't pick the the, the teams coming off a of Super Bowl, right? So you got to pick somebody everybody's going to like or the – the biggest group you can get to come in and watch this. So I think right. the Cowboys is probably a good choice based on that comment that you just made. Could they, you imagine Tom Brady on Hard Knocks? Just all the interviews he's been doing lately, he'd be a total chode. Has he ever been on Hard Knocks? I don't think the Patriots have ever been on it. Now, I, I could I think, be wrong. I, I think he's a big part of that because he doesn't want to do shit like that. You know, Right. I don't want people inside, behind enemy lines watching That's what true. Doing. I'm sure he has a big say in yeah, what goes on I with that. I guarantee that, yeah. He's so competitive. He is, man. <laughs> and when you watch his interviews, you're always like, man, this guy's like always talking about chilling and not working that hard and like looking to the next day, kind of like Andy Reid does, mm-hmm. you know? It's always to the next Nonchalant. day. Yeah. But then when he had that interview a few weeks ago and he's talking about, uh, uh, I always say the opposite shit so nobody knows I'm talking about. I was like, you son <laughs> of a bitch. Their corner is great. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. really excited for that matchup. Yeah, and what he means him. is yeah. I'm going to fucking pick on that guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I would love to see them on there just to get that behind-the-scenes look at, at Tom Brady, the way that we've been kind of getting it towards the end of his career, honestly. Yeah, I, and I've, I've liked this Tom Brady a lot more than early Tom Brady. <laughs> He's honestly funny, dude. Yeah, because I like the nitty-gritty football. Yeah. I don't know we've talked about this a hundred times. Oh, but yeah. yeah. If you're, that, if you're John and talking... Yeah, that's the, that's the good shit. So we're going to shift gears off of uh, football here for a second. We'll come back to it. Don't you worry, people. We will come back. But I really want to highlight a few crazy things that have happened in the baseball world, namely Shohei Otani. The guy's been a phenom since he entered the big, since he got the call, you know, coming from Japan. But this year has been incredibly special. He's leading the MLB with 30 home runs. And over the last, I guess since June 15th, the guy has racked up 11 home runs, 18 RBIs, struck out 15 batters in 11.2 innings, 11 and two-thirds innings is better terminology. And 
he is the first player in almost a century to be selected as an all-star as a position player and as a pitcher. So, does that get you the AL MVP award? I think it has to. I mean, and I'm not a big baseball guy, but who's the last person that's done that? Babe Ruth is then the I, only I think, one to do that. I think the answer is yes, then. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing speaks generational talent like what Shohei Otani has brought to the game. Even if it's a, you know, a flash in the pan, then it's still going to be something that everybody will remember moving forward right, as long as right. MLB has fans. They're going to always say, remember Shohei Otani and what he was able to do not only on the mound but as a hitter and to the level that he reached with both of those, right. you know, those skill sets. It's pretty incredible. So, so this All-Star game may get an extra viewer out of me. Usually I don't watch it. Not that interesting to me, honestly, because I'm not a huge baseball guy either outside of watching the Royals. And honestly, I prefer to just listen to it on the radio or go to Kaufman. I don't ever watch the televised games. Right. Not that we can, thanks to Bally Sports. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> another great thing that happened in the baseball world is at the collegiate level. And so the Mississippi State, what are they, the Bulldogs? I think that sounds Mississippi right. Mississippi State. I'm going to say yeah. Yeah. I'm not the, sure. They're the Bulldogs. Sure. They won the College World Series against Vanderbilt. Uh, the first major sports title, or sports title at all, rather, for that school, leaving Kansas State and Virginia Tech as the only other Power 5 NCAA schools to not win a single championship in any of the sports that their schools participate in. That gives, honestly, KU and Mizzou a little bit of bragging rights over K-State. And, you know, also I want to congratulate Mississippi State and what they were able to accomplish. You know, it was a little bit of a tumultuous year for baseball, uh, considering everything going on with COVID and, and the NCAA's very strict restrictions, knocking out NC State because of a couple of positive tests for players who were vaccinated, you know, different things like that that really kind of rubbed baseball fans and collegiate fans the wrong way and taking away opportunities for some of these kids who never get to play professional sports again right. or, you know, at a high level right, right, again. Right. Just to, to be able to see a team that's never won it kind of, for me, as someone who watches sports, it kind of fixes that up a little bit um, as opposed to Vanderbilt, who's been kind of a powerhouse over the last decade in baseball. Right. So that's that's really exciting. and Yeah, and for those K-State fans, I mean, you might want to uh, do a little research and find a different team to, to root for. <laughs> I think you guys have a, a neighbor in, in your state that might be able to help you out. I personally would never cheer for them, but, you know, they're blue and red. Yeah, you don't even have to be a big five. <laughs> you, can just go, you can go down to Wichita State, and those guys are even doing big things down there. <laughs> the shockers. Yeah. Wichita is not even a state, and yeah. they're more qualified <laughs> to be your favorite team. <laughs> so speaking of Mizzou, Eli Drinkwitz is killing it in the recruitment game. Uh, something just happened today. Got a four-star recruit running back for the 2022 class, bumping them up from 19th nationally to 16th nationally for the 2022 recruitment classes <clears throat> that puts them sixth in the sec which sixth in a conference yeah yeah whatever the sec is the powerhouse of football a hundred percent yeah the five schools above them have got to be alabama florida, florida auburn auburn 
LSU, yeah. and then you know whatever other monster, maybe like Ole Miss or something like that. I have yeah, no idea. I, I don't know. Huh, I don't know who that fifth school would be. A and M maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, it probably hundred percent it is. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, <clears throat> to do it top twenty in all of the NCAA, and this year's class for twenty twenty one is top thirty including two four-star recruits that they've been able to acquire, and then they got two four-star transfers from other schools. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible to see what he's been able to do with the program. We had a pretty decent season. Mizzou had a pretty decent season last year. Uh, so I'm excited to see where he takes them. I know a lot of Mizzou fans are excited about it, and being in the SEC, the competition's high. Stakes are high. So, Absolutely. And once you build a foundation like that, it only grows from there, right? So oh, without a doubt. If he can continue this recruiting process through the next two years, three years, you know, then they're going to have a foundation that they can, like, be serious contenders for the SEC championship moving on. No. Which would be exciting to see, you know? That'd be fantastic. Because they moved to SEC and everybody's like, man, they're going to get rolled all the time. Yeah. <laughs> ever since, uh, what's his name, Pinkle? Coach, is that what? Yeah. Yeah, ever yeah. since he left, we really haven't, Mizzou really hasn't reached the peaks that they were at once they first entered the SEC. Uh, You know, they made the SEC championship game. They were able to do some pretty pretty awesome things for uh, what is definitely closer to the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Power 5 schools. And I don't mean that as disrespect to Mizzou, but, you know, when it comes to football, just historically, there's a lot of better schools out there. The Olympics are coming up, so there's a lot of news surrounding, you know, what's going on with Team USA, all these different qualifiers. So, Shakari Richardson, a sprinter on the women's side for the Team USA, she was able to win one of the qualifying events and pretty much guaranteed her a spot for the 100-meter race in the Olympics uh, in Tokyo this year. Not too long ago, she tested positive for a banned substance, THC, marijuana, and now she's not able to compete in the 100-meter race but she's also not able to compete, or she was not selected, rather, for the 4x100 relay, which was the only event that they were maybe counting on her being able to do. And the US, USA Sports Commission, or whoever manages the Olympic team for us, basically ruled her out of that. Right. Here's my stance on it. <clears throat> she knows exactly what is banned when it comes to competing in the Olympics. Right. She made that conscious decision... You know, she she put up the story about, you know, suffering from grief, which, you know, losing a parent is one of those things that's very tough. So I don't judge her at all for whatever decision she made to cope. However, it cost her the spot on the Olympics because of a choice that she made herself. With that being said, I do not agree with that substance being on the banned list. Right. You know? I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the same corner, you know. You made a decision. You gotta live with it. Right. If you had a if you had a job interview and you knew that you're gonna get drug tested that day for the job interview, and you smoked a joint the night before, then you can't be mad it, when yeah, you piss dirty. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. But again, like, how is how is smoking a joint gonna make you run any faster? It's not. So who gives a shit? Why is it? Why is it even on the drug test anymore? It, like, it makes me run slower. We should be testing for PEDs. Right. Maybe Coke. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe crack. Coke and crack. Yeah. They can stay on the list. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. I mean I mean let's keep those banned. Right. <laughs> I mean, like what is what what's what does it hurt that she smoked a joint, you know? 
or if she's continuously smoked joints. But here's the other side of it. She's 18, 19 years old, right? Mm. Like, that's how kids learn. Like, that kids learn. They, she is they, an idol. They make know? dumbass mistakes, and then here in three or four, or here in four years, she'll go back and she'll learn, hopefully learn from her mistakes and go run for the United States again and, and win us gold medals and all kinds of shit. And, oh, yeah. And she, I mean, she's young. She's it's, got a lot of prime left. Yeah, I mean, she's golden. I mean, go out, win a couple gold medals here in four years. I mean, yeah, this sucks now, but. It is what it is. You you made the bed. You got to sleep in it. One hundred percent. Learn from it. Train for four years. Go work your ass off. Go back to uh, wherever they're gonna do the Olympics in four years and, <laughs> and uh, make it happen. You know. One hundred percent. Nobody should be mad at her for what she did. No, and, and she's honestly owning up to it pretty well. Like she's saying, you know, yeah, I understand. I know what was on the list. Is basically right, what yeah. she came out and right. said. She knows what she did. She knows what she did wasn't accepted by that committee, the Olympic Committee. And she's, you know, dealing with the consequences of that decision. Right, yeah. So, who knows? Maybe in four years that substance won't even be banned anymore. And they'll get their shit together over there. But I digress. <laughs> I am excited for the Olympics, though. NBA Finals. Game 1 starts tonight at 8 p.m. Central Time on ABC is where you'll be able to tune in for that game. You guys won't be hearing this until the next day, so you'll already know the results. But let's talk a little bit about the two teams that are involved. It is the Phoenix Suns, who beat the Los Angeles Clippers to advance to the NBA Finals, and the Milwaukee Bucks, who was able to overcome the Atlanta Hawks to advance to the NBA Finals on the eastern side. A lot of great storylines with this this NBA Finals. What we've got tonight, what's starting, what we're going to be able to we're going to be treated to over the next two weeks. Some great basketball, I think. Um, Even the if, last two weeks, really. Oh, I mean the playoffs. Playoffs have been phenomenal. Actually, I've seen. I saw something not too long ago that viewership topped its highest point since like 2004. Right. Right. Which was when Kobe and the Detroit Pistons yeah. met up in the playoffs which everyone was watching that Lakers team. You got Carl Malone, you got Gary Payton, you got Shaq and Kobe, of course. Right. Pretty awesome. Chris Paul, my favorite NBA player, the guy who really got me into the NBA at all. I just love the way that he's a true point guard. I like those kinds of players like Magic Johnson. Uh, you know, those true distributors, Isaiah Thomas, those guys are, are my favorite to watch because you know, they're generals on the floor, basically calling the plays, facilitating the ball, silky smooth passes, good defense. Mm. It's the way basketball should be played, in my mm. opinion. So, Chris Paul, first finals appearance in his entire 16-year career. How fucking awesome is that? Yeah, I mean, I, if you're not rooting for him, then you're just a Greek freak. You're like a Greek freak fan. Oh, yeah. So you want to see him win. Everybody else that's like a general sports fan is like, man, I hope CP3 gets this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I saw something today that was like, if CP3 wins this, we have one one more goal. And it was a picture of Melo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so and true. And I was like, man, I, now I want Melo to go out and get a ring. But like, I'm good with starting with CP3. You know, he deserves one. Oh, without a doubt. I yeah, mean, I mean, outside of just being a great player, he's been a, uh, a spokesperson for NBA players and the mm -hmm. league. So, um, yeah, I hope he goes out and gets a ring. 100%. He's the, he's the president of the Players right. Association, you know? And you hit the nail on the head. If you're not rooting for Chris Paul, then you must live in the Milwaukee metropolitan area right. <laughs> or you're from Greece or live in the Mediterranean. So, 
I mean, that's really the extent of it. <clears throat> and Phoenix is a team that's never won an NBA Finals. They last went in 1993 when Charles Barkley had no help. Even Steve Nash, Sean Marion, and Amari Stoudemire couldn't bring him there. Um, so it's pretty awesome. And it's uh, another cool fact about the Finals is that none of those players have a ring at all. Right. So some, it's going to be someone's first ring no matter what, no matter what happens, which is the way I like to see it yeah. when it comes to any sport, unless yeah. it's football with the Chiefs. Yeah, if you're an NBA fan, over the last six years, you have to be absolutely tired of what's been going on. Oh. You know what I mean? So seeing this transition into people getting new rings and different mm -hmm. teams going in, I mean, this feels good, and it's got to be good for the sport. Hopefully like the NBA realizes this. Same thing with the NFL and, and any other league, you know. Like, people like to see new championship teams built, and it's something that NHL, oh, yeah. NHL sees it every year. You know, I mean, you got your powerhouse. You know, Blues are good, always good. Red Wings are um, always yeah, good. Yeah, Blackhawks Black are always Hawks. good. So, um, But to see new teams in the championship every year and that just a cycle continue of new teams, mm -hmm. shit feels good. People want to watch that, and... If your team's not in, like now, like you want to watch CP3 win now. You know what I mean? Right. No, 100%. It's good for, it's good for sports. It's good for sports. <clears throat> Just as much as, you know, dynasties are fun to watch, they do get old. Yes. They do get old. And outside of, you know, the 2016 finals when LeBron and the Cavs came back from 3-1, to one, and when the Raptors were able to beat the Warriors, there's right. not been a lot of finals that I've been excited to watch. Right. Like, I'm not a Lakers fan. So when LeBron and the Lakers went last year, it just didn't mean a lot to me. I was more excited to see the Heat try and pull it off because Jimmy Butler and the ragtag team of randoms that they put together right, over there to right. make it to the NBA Finals. Right. Now, you can say what you want about the bubble and, you know, they stopped play and people got healthy and other people didn't, whatever. Um, but viewership was down because of, I think, just everyone being sick of seeing the ring collectors get back to the Finals. Right. I agree. So this, this is going to be exciting. One last thing that's been a huge discussion amongst folks who you know, commentate on the NBA, people who are fans of the NBA, is related to the injuries. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of downtime between that bubble season and between the start of this season. I mean, the finals ended in mid-October last year. Right. And the NBA season got fired right back up around Christmas time. Right. So that gives you two months to recover from over 100 games of NBA play. And we saw the toll because of the game's biggest stars who got hurt before the playoffs. Right. I mean, you're looking at Kawhi Leonard who went down in the, in the second round of the Western playoffs. Giannis went down against the Hawks. Trey Young went down in that same series. And then you're looking at the Nets team who had Harden and Kyrie suffering right. injuries. Right. I mean, there's just a ton of things that happened. Chris Paul missed the first couple games against the Lakers. And Anthony, Anthony Davis went out, too, with his groin injury. And, and a lot of people contribute that to, you know, the turning point for the Phoenix against them. Right. So <clears throat> I, uh, I take this. I got two different views on this one also, like we kind of do on the on the pot smoking on the <laughs> in the olympics right <laughs> um one being like show me some numbers show me some information you know like i i, I want to see like where are the where are the team doctors and where's the nba stand on this as far as if you're not if you're going to extend seasons like this and, and shit like that if you're going to make 
people play more similar to NFL. We have an extra game this year, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to make the players play more, then either one, give them more resources to rehab, or two, at least show them the risk of what is going to come from adding this play to, this their, to their game. Play, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Like let's see the numbers. Like uh, how do I how do I correlate injuries to the prolonged play? You know what I mean. There's got to be analytics on it, and you would hope that they would show these players this stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, it's a business. But like the team doctors, like what are they what are they seeing? Like I want to know what they're seeing. Oh yeah. Like if they're saying, all right, this guy's out because of hamstring, but Julio Jones played two games last year, and he has the same injury as. Like let's say Kawhi Leonard had a, a hamstring. Oh, that's interesting. Like what? Way what to look at it. How are we? How are we going to dictate how why this was caused? You right. know what I mean? Right. And and you know we see what happened to Julio when he hurt his hamstring. Right. He wasn't the same. Right. The rest of the NFL season, he either didn't play or he played extremely below his potential. Right. So in the NBA, how does that translate? Right. Like those injuries. Right. And even in the NFL, like how are we going to compare? How do show me how these players are getting hurt and how you translate it to what they're doing. Exactly. Because I think they're just chalking it up as, hey, this guy's fucking hurt. Right. He's at 60% this week. You want him in, coach? (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of times I bet the coach is like, hell yeah, we want him in. And you know those players are competitive as shit. Right. And they want in too. Or it's week 17 and you don't need him and we're going to the playoffs already. So there's a term in the NBA called load management. It's a big buzzword, and a lot of people have problems with it, and a lot of people think it's essential. What the NBA did in a season that had the shortest offseason of all time is they put restrictions on load management. So the NBA, in my opinion, put these players in a position to get injured by not allowing their coaches to rest them on certain games because they would be penalized for it. Back to your point, if the NBA is doing that, maybe there's a really good chance they did not inform them on these things. Right, yeah. I guess this is probably a big, deep... I mean, we go down a serious rabbit hole here, but who are they employed by? Are they employed by the organization or by the NBA? The players are employed by the organization, and the organization is affiliated with the NBA. The NBA does not pay the players. The organization pays the nba to be a part of the league is the nfl the same the nfl is the same so how does and here we go down this rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's take a jump so how does the nfl dictate how players and this is going down the covid rabbit hole how does the nfl dictate what players can and can't do if you're vaccinated or not well there's a it's just like with union jobs so Professional athletes all have unions, you know, the NFL Players right. Association, NBA, so on and right, so forth. Right, right. They negotiate that with the governing body, which is the NBA or the NFL in those instances. Okay. So with situations like COVID, where it's a totally unpredictable scenario, you have no idea that this was going to happen when you negotiated your collective bargaining agreement for X amount of years. So you have to put up special provisions. So what this, in, uh, what this in, will start within those, the organization and the players' unions is these negotiations on you know, what the players' unions 
doctors and sources tell them and what the MBA's doctors and sources tell them. And then they have to sort of come to a compromise because more often than not, there's going to be a lot of bumping heads. Right. <clears throat> and so all of that regulation that they put together is due to compromises, trade-offs, we get this, and then you take some of that. Those kinds of things are how those are put together and how that was put together for the NFL and the NBA, which is why there was so much fear that there wouldn't even be a season once it started happening. Right. You know, because they had to come to this agreement, you know, with the NBA or with the NFL, rather. They said, you can have this time frame to opt out. You'll get this much salary. Your contract rolls over for a year, offering the team cap flexibility and offering that player another opportunity to play out their contract to its fullest extent. While at the same time, allowing other NFL players to do what they want to do. And so that's something that the NFLPA you know, negotiated with the NFL. And so with the NBA, I'm sure it's similar proceedings as to how that all played out and what actually, you know, would be the best course of action right. for everyone's right. interests. Right. Okay, good information. Rabbit hole <laughs> yeah, completed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll stop it there. <laughs> yes. So oh, that's a perfect end to the pregame stretches. I feel like my vocal cords are stretched yes. out now. <laughs> yeah, right. We're ready to go. I'm not yeah. going to pull anything. <laughs> America celebrated another birthday a couple days ago. God bless. <clears throat> In honor of Independence Day, Trey and I put together a list of the 10 Best and most memorable moments in American sports history. Now, this doesn't comprise, you know, just Olympic events or just a certain sport. It's across all sports, all moments of different magnitudes. Just something that's impressive, something that meant a lot, something that everybody who follows sports knows about. And so before we dive into this top ten list, I want to just tap on one particular moment that's not necessarily a sports moment but something related to sports that was very prominent and special something that everyone who is american and loves football knows about right so there was a defensive back his name was pat tillman he played for the arizona cardinals he up and quit his nfl career a successful one at that to join the military and fight in the war for the war in iraq and unfortunately, he was killed in action. <clears throat> His sacrifice is the epitome of what it means to be an American. Of course, we've got a service member on the show, somebody who does a great thing for everybody here in this country. Um, so it's something that we really wanted to highlight in honor of America and what American heroes are supposed to look like. So... Before we even jump into the list, you know, Trey and I, we really feel that it's important to touch on that. And we want to thank all the service members out there who are doing their thing um, and, and, you know, show our gratitude for that reason. Absolutely. Uh, I think this one is a lot, kind of like Dan said, it, it kind of means a little bit more to uh, myself. But um, outside of Pat Tillman, I, I, I encourage everybody to look at uh, not just Pat Tillman, but there are a few people who have been in the NFL or professional sports in period or the Olympics, as we're about to talk about and who have uh, ended that period of their life or their career and in, in sports 
and joined the uh, United States military in some form or fashion um, to follow that career and, and serve their country. But, um, I mean, we're kind of seeing one now right now for the uh, defensive back that plays for the Bucks, or, or uh, he's going to the training camps with the Bucks, and the, right, the military or the Navy originally said that he could not join the NFL or play for an NFL team because he had to fill out his commission with the mm-hmm. United States Navy after he went to school at Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did just see that the uh, defense, the Secretary of Defense said that he could go to training camp with uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, you know, congratulations to him. But, yeah, yeah there's a lot of people out there. And, uh, I mean, just one, Andrew uh, Villanueva, um, yep. you know, that nobody really talks about. He's special forces in the Army and uh, played left at – Played left tackle. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he signed with not, somebody, whatever. But not currently. Um, I yeah, played left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, but yeah, um, outside of that, uh, Dan's going to run through a list of top ten moments in American sports history. Um, you know, things that have been not just an impact to the uh, the sports world, but also United States as a whole. But uh, this is something that uh, you know our, our followers and our listeners could get jump on board with you know shoot something out on twitter or facebook or or instagram on what your favorite sports memory is as a citizen of the united states and and what it meant to you so that'd be cool to see from everybody else's angle but uh go ahead and run us through your list dan yeah give us a shout give us a shout so number 10 on the list it has to go to a giant and not just for how tall he was but because the impact he left in the nba he was the best player in the NBA for a very long time. Wilt Chamberlain put up just jaw-dropping numbers in a time where basketball was in its youth and helped grow the sport. <clears throat> Wilt Chamberlain put up 100 points in 1958 as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's a number that will most likely never be eclipsed. The closest that I can remember in recent memory is Kobe right. when he hit 81. Yeah, nobody will ever touch that. So Not today's game. It's pretty phenomenal that someone was able to do that. And, you know, at the magnitude that he was playing, the guy averaged like 20 rebounds a game right. and like 12 blocks. Like, you just don't... You don't see it, and, you know, would, would his game translate to today's game? Probably not right. because of the way that, you know, players are now much more athletic. It's a different style of game it's more three-point shooting and outside shooting big men are kind of dying off but what he was able to do at that time was the epitome of greatness there he was the michael jordan of the nba you know at that time the very first so it's pretty awesome that he was able to leave that impact and it's got to be a top 10 moment because no one that follows sports doesn't know about wilt chamberlain's 100 point game it just agreed. It just doesn't happen. Number nine, it's got to be the perfect season. Nineteen seventy-two, Miami Dolphins went fourteen and zero in the regular season, and then went on to win the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. <clears throat> it's a feat that has not been duplicated since. The closest was the New England Patriots. Close, sixteen and zero, won two playoff games and lost in the Super Bowl. Yep, eighteen and one. Tom Brady. Brings you to number eight, huh? Yes, straight to number eight. The reason why they failed, David Tyree's helmet catch. The greatest NFL catch of all time. I mean, even the catch with the Niners and Clark, you know, Montana to Clark, it just doesn't compare to what 
David Tyree was able to do. I mean, it was an amazing catch, but the 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 gravity of the whole situation just totally outweighs anything else. Being able to stop a perfect season, stop the greatest quarterback of all time from winning yeah. a game, and help what was a eight and eight wild card team, New York Giants, right. win the Super Bowl. Ditched like two or three sacks on the same play. Oh yeah, yeah. He had a hand in his face. Right. There's someone's finger in his eye. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> So that's number eight, David Tyree's helmet catch. Number seven, related to who I mentioned earlier, talking about Will Chamberlain, is Michael Jordan, the most impactful NBA player of all time. There's no contest. <clears throat> His final shot in Game 6 of the 98 Finals, of course it goes in. Yeah. Of course the Chicago Bulls complete their second three-peat over the course of eight seasons of basketball. And, and of course... The two seasons that they didn't win the championship over those eight years were the two seasons Michael Jordan did not play a full season. I mean, there's just no other way of looking at his span of greatness and what he was able to do for the game of basketball other than seeing his final shot go through the net as they as he clinched his sixth title undefeated in the NBA Finals. Anyone who is an NBA fan, anyone who's a sports fan knows about that. Number six, Babe Ruth. He called his shot in 1932, went up to the plate, pointed to right center, first pitch, cracked it, goes into the stands, home run. I mean, there's cockiness and there's confidence. And Babe Ruth was confident as fuck. (laughs) And there is no... I mean, he had to have started trash talk. That's the very that's like the earliest form of trash talk. Right. But it was point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nowadays people are like, this motherfucker's going in the stands. Right. He just pointed. He knew. <laughs> and that pitcher served him up a meatball. Man, I think that's pretty impactful. The greatest player to ever play the game of baseball. Everyone knows who Babe Ruth is, the Sultan Swat, the Colossus of Clout, all that stuff. <clears throat> it's pretty phenomenal. Now, the top five were, is where we really start to get into American history and uh, some of those deeper, more meaningful moments, things that you know carry a lot of weight in sports. The first being the Ali versus Foreman rumble in the jungle fight. <clears throat> it happened out in, in Africa, which is why they called it the rumble in the jungle, but it showed Ali's rise back to the top where he reclaimed his heavyweight title, the greatest fighter of all time. Rumble in the Jungle, what a, what a catchy name. Don King, I mean, of course, Penn Matt, the greatest fight promoter of all time. <clears throat> and to fight George Foreman, who was young, a lot of people were framing out him out to be the next Muhammad Ali in the heavyweight division. And Ali went in and handled his business, you know, floated like a butterfly, stung like a bee. That, that phrase was coined in, pre- in preparing for this fight. I mean, there were so many amazing things about this moment in sports history, and Ali pulled it off with a knockout so that's top five number four jesse owens in the 1936 olympics when he competed in nazi germany took four gold medals and just stole the show i mean pretty amazing it's it's something that's so impactful because of you know obviously there were tensions between america and germany politically but for us to be able to go out and do that and just kind of like I don't know, it sparked like confidence, you right. know, in the yeah. nation that if anything were to go down, which we know that it eventually happened, right. uh, we we can win this shit. <laughs> and 
on their soil. Yeah. So it's kind of like the epitome for what happened right. in World War II. So pretty pretty amazing stuff there. Number three, it's got to be the 1980 Olympics, the Miracle on Ice, and it carries the same kind of story as the Jesse Owens story. You know, we're in the Cold War. It's us against the Soviets. We go to Russia for the Winter Games. Right. The hockey team. Nobody can beat Russia. Total underdogs, you know? Yeah, they were a powerhouse. They still are. And we end up pulling the damn thing off in the third period and winning the gold medal. I mean, there's nothing more American than winning, if you ask me. So it's pretty fucking (laughs) awesome. Pretty great moment in history. They made a movie about it, so you know it's good. Number two has got to be when Michael Phelps set the gold medal record in 2008 in the Beijing Olympics. Eight medals in swimming. It's the most medals that any one person has won in the Olympics. He's also collected the most gold medals of all time out of any athlete to compete in the Olympic Games, and he is American. How amazing is that? You love to see it. You love to see it. And he smokes weed. And he smokes a lot of weed. (laughs) A lot of weed. (laughs) And so, I mean, come on, Olympics. Maybe that's why they think it's a performance-enhancing drug, because of Michael Phelps. (laughs) I They're saw like, somebody say something to him on Twitter or Instagram or something the other day, and he was like, man, I waited until after the Olympics to start smoking all that pot. <laughs> he said, man, that was after. Yeah. That was in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one moment, I don't know if there's anything that really rivals it. Of course, everything that we've talked about on this list so far has been phenomenal, but it's got to be Jackie Robinson's MLB debut on April 15th, 1947, breaking the color barrier, the first uh, person of color African-American to play in the MLB in a time where most of America was segregated. The civil rights movement of the 60s hadn't even happened yet. I mean, this was groundbreaking stuff. The guy suffered a lot of pain and... Uh, you know, ridicule because of what he was able to accomplish, but he, you know, persevered through it, and it just shows that, you know, things can get better, things can be happy, you know, he was able to break ground and do what he set out to do, no matter what the obstacles were, and it's the American dream, is what he lived out, making it all the way to the MLB in a time where, you know, people who look like him weren't allowed in the sport at all. And it set a precedent for everyone to be included into these into these games, into the professional sports realm. And I think the game's a lot better for it. So, um, and of course, he has his own holiday. Right. <laughs> it's Jackie Robinson Day every April fifteenth. Right. So, and it's something the MLB takes seriously. You know, everyone wears the number forty-two. It's something that no one is ever going to forget. Right. And I mean, and just to think, two years before that, people were at war. And it didn't matter what color you were, man. You you had you you're going to war. Everyone's you, on the same side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all Americans fought together. Right. You know, at the end of the day, just like you said, all that mattered was, you know, what flag were you standing, right. you know, behind. Right. So I mean that's pretty that's pretty impactful, that's pretty powerful, and that's why, you know, I thought it should be number one. Um so that's top ten moments in American sports history. Hope you guys enjoyed that history lesson and uh, feel free to research those those events and really take a deep dive into you know what those players felt and what they you know what they were able to experience and where their careers went after that specific moment. If you don't know you know a lot about those those athletes that were a part of that moment, it's pretty special to see. I'm I mean there's a ton of documentaries and all that stuff. So um, so yeah, that's what I've got. Let's go into Chiefs talk, brought to you by E Coffee. 
feel free to give them a look. www.eeroastcoffee.com. Check them out on Instagram at eeroastcoffee. They offer so many different subscription options, you know, opportunities to try their coffee at a reasonable cost, something local, uh, support Kansas City local, of course, buy their swag, wear their billboards all over, you know, be a walking billboard for this business because their story is really special and what they do is phenomenal. So who doesn't love coffee? eRoastCoffee.com with two E's. So cheese talk. Today's the one-year anniversary of Mahomes' 10-year extension, richest contract in NFL history, $500 million, half a billion dollar man. I'd pay it over again. I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> we should just tack on another 10-year extension. I agree. And if he doesn't <laughs> want to play anymore, he has to come back and coach. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, we can agree to pay him $1 million over the next 40 years, like Bobby Bonilla, and he'll, right, he'll just right. be Patrick Mahomes' day right. when he gets paid. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, pretty phenomenal what this guy's able to accomplish in just three seasons. You're as right, a starter. just three seasons, yeah. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl ring, and MVP trophy. Three Pro Bowls, two All Pro appearances, first and second team, 5,050 season, only done by two other quarterbacks in NFL history. Touchdown to interception ratio is insane. He's got 114 touchdowns and just 24 INTs, three conference games, two Super Bowls. Still 11 seasons to go under contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, and as we've seen with the quarterbacks that we've watched the last 15 years, let's say, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, all these guys weren't hitting these milestones, or I guess Tom Brady did, weren't hitting milestones like this early in their career. They were hitting them late. You're seven, you're five, right. you're nine, you're 11. These guys were veterans, in the league when they were hammering milestones like this. So if you get to a point, Chiefs fans, <laughs> where you're five years deep on the Mahomes contract and you're, and you're saying to yourself, week five of whatever year, you're like, man, we got to get the fuck out of this contract. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Settle in, baby. Because we got a long time with Pat, and he's going to continue to work hard. He's Andy Reid's going to continue to put a good team together with Brett Veach. Um, we have an incredible front office. We're in good hands. Oh, yeah. And definitely live in the moment. No doubt. We've got some amazing, yeah. amazing memories and moments that we've been able to live with. Mahomes under center. Yeah. But there's just, like just what you said, there's so much more on the horizon. Right. And I, I'm the first guy, man. If like we make bad plays, I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> but then I also have the ability to look forward and say, all right. We're five and one. We're gonna we're gonna go into week seven and, and <laughs> we're gonna win this football game. We're gonna be all right. You just explained my Super Bowl fifty five experience. What the hell is happening? Yeah. It's okay. We'll be better next year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of that, Pat Mahomes is donating thirty k to fifteen different youth football leagues um, inside Kansas City. Um, I'm not really sure what the details are on that. Just came out today, didn't didn't Dan? Oh yeah. Just came out today. He signed, a, uh, not signed, he entered a partnership with uh, a youth football governing body that oversees these 15 different youth leagues. And it's 2,000 each, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Two grand a piece, 30K total. 
all local Kansas City youth football league. So, I mean, there's a good chance, you know, like Pop Warner, um, you know, all these different leagues that, that call Kansas City home, all these opportunities. Could be flag football leagues. Um, I didn't get into the particulars on which leagues were receiving these grants. Uh, but it's pretty amazing what the 15 in the Mahomes Foundation has been able to do in Kansas City uh, just such a, such a short time, you know. It's pretty awesome. And, and, and being able to give back to the community the way that he's been doing, uh, all of this, the kids who are able to look up to him and, and see, you know, that there's someone looking out for him, them. Right. Like him. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's phenomenal. Absolutely. And, and I don't want to take away from Pat, but I mean, there's a lot of people on, or a lot of players on the football team, on the Chiefs football team that, that, take it out of their time to be a part of the community and, and donate back to the community and, and without a doubt, you know, make it a point to do that, that sort of thing. And we've talked about, we talked about it last season, how um, those are the kind of players that you want on your football team. You know, you don't, you know, you don't want the guy that just comes, shows up for work, goes home. You know, you don't ever hear back from him. You want the Travis Kelsey's, <clears throat> excuse me, the Pat Mahomes, the Will Shields, what he mm-hmm. used to do back in the day. Tony Richardson. Yeah. Tony Rich. Those are the guys you want on your football team. Without a doubt. And that's really what makes our locker room so special, too. And with all the talent that we have on our team, I mean, there's still a ton of talent left in the NFL. uh, Free agency. So I think that's a good transition to the next topic in Chiefs Talk. You know, who do you think the Chiefs are most likely to sign, you know, during or before training camp, before the, the preseason, the regular season starts up? I mean, there's a lot of players out there. I think uh, I got two players that I, I could see us signing, being they're both veterans, and then one I could see us signing just because I'd like to see him in our secondary. Mm-hmm. Number one is Barbecue Mitch, Mitch Schwartz. <laughs> um, we, we're we still not 100% sure what the offensive line is going to look like next year. We know it's a lot stronger than it was last year. Oh, yeah, a lot of depth. But if Mitch Schwartz is still sitting out there and he was still playing good football, we don't know what he's got left in and what his back's got left. So... I could see a sign a small deal with Mitch Schwartz, and maybe he doesn't play. Maybe he plays 35% of the snaps. I'm okay with that. Right. And then he mentors the other uh, 65% or whatever it may be. I'm not sure what that looks like. We haven't signed him. I'm just saying. Melvin Ingram out of L.A. Played for the Chargers. Um, DN, everything that's going on with uh, Frank, Frank Clark. And now they're saying Chris Jones is going to go to the outside. Um, we could see... A veteran defensive end, edge rush kind of guy presence come in to help mentor um, Chris Jones into the position. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that mentorship looks like for Chris Jones going into that position. He probably doesn't need a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. But at the same <clears throat> point, you're going to want somebody that can rotate in and out. And our defense is going to change with this change, though, um, the structure wise, and, you know, not as far as who's in, who's out, but the structure of that defense is going to have to change with that Chris Jones change. Mm-hmm. Um, my third one here is Malik Hooker, a young safety. He's a beast. He's a hard-hitting dude. Kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of a, a young Bob Sanders. Oh, yeah. The, um, it's eerily similar. Yeah, so that's the kind of guy I want to see in my secondary. You know, you got Tyron Matthew back there who is who can touch every every point of the football field within two seconds, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and then somebody to, to mirror that with uh, Malik Hooker, and he can train him and mentor him into a, a, a veteran coming on in the next few years. That's what I want to see. 
No, I, I love that list. I think all of those guys would be great fits. Malik Hooker in particular is someone that I would love to take a flyer on. Maybe we sign him. <clears throat> he does really well. He's able to earn another contract to go to another organization, or we re-sign him. Tyron Matthew is entering a contract year. So if we don't think we have the funds available to bring Matthew back, which I would love to see, of course, Malik Hooker would be a good substitute. Mitchell Schwartz is a no-brainer. And Melvin Ingram, definitely, given Frank Clark's situation and the need to add in rotational pieces, I think he's a great fit. Now, my list is pretty similar in that regard because of Justin Houston, who is a former Kansas City Chief, of course, had some phenomenal moments in his career here in a Chiefs uniform. But his last two seasons with the Colts have been nothing but productive. He's had double-digit sacks both years with the Colts, and he knows Kansas City. He knows the people that are in the locker room currently, and I think he could be a good fit if we were able to bring him in, provide that veteran leadership, maybe groom some of the younger guys like Josh Kando, our newer defensive end edge rusher that we drafted from Florida State, and just help bring that leadership back to Kansas City and potentially earn a ring that he deserves You know, because he was released just before we won our first Super Bowl. So I think the opportunity to bring Justin Houston back uh, just makes nothing but sense. And the other player I'd love to see us sign is K.J. Wright, a linebacker out of Seattle who was one of the better linebackers in coverage, which is something that we could use 100% on our defense. You know, we lost Damian Wilson, who was one of the better coverage linebackers. And, of course, we drafted... Nick Bolton, we're going to have Willie Gay coming back. Unfortunately, we re-signed Ben Neiman, but we're going to we're going to need an, an additional piece and KJ Wright, you know, he, the longer he stays on the market, the cheaper we can get him. And if it comes training camp he's still not signed and we offer him 3, 4, 5 million to come in for a year, I'd be all for it. I'd love it. So, KJ Wright, Justin Houston, I think those guys definitely could be good fits and I think there's a good chance we sign one of those guys. Absolutely. I'm all about the veteran prep. Uh, presence, mm-hmm. I think that plays a huge part in teams that want to make a deep playoff run. Even if it's guys that haven't been a a part of a, a successful organization, right? If you bring in guys like Melvin Ingram is a great great example, right? Yeah, he hasn't been on a not even a playoff team, uh, maybe not in his whole career, but in the last three four years, hasn't been on a playoff team. Bring him in, guys got experience. He knows how to lead people. That's the kind of guys you want leading your young players. Oh yeah, and then he'll he'll change too. You know, he's going to change as a leader, being a part of an organization that is. You know, you have Andy Reid, you have Tyron Matthew, who is now a leader that's been a part of a successful organization, and knows what it takes. Oh yeah. So these that kind of bleeds off on other people. But you look at like uh, bringing in Terrell Suggs, like out of nowhere. Oh yeah. Just having that veteran presence. He probably played 30% of the snaps, right? But you still had that presence there in that oh, mentorship, yeah. right? It's because he's done it before, you know? A guy like that who is who has hit the pinnacles individually, been a part of a great organization like the Ravens and what they've been right. able to accomplish in their short life. Terrell Suggs coming in is very similar to what, you know, Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston would be coming in because both of those guys have done some phenomenal things in their career and they know what it takes, just like what you said. Right. So, with that being said, there's still a lot of moves left to be made, and I'm excited to see what happens. Um, 
I got a hypothetical before you just to cap off our Chiefs talk before we jump into some odds and some uh, other NFL news. If the Chiefs were to put together a monument, like, you know, what you see, all the statues, but it's Mount Rushmore, only four faces can go on this monument, who are you putting on it? My list, I think, is pretty similar to yours. A lot of these guys... It's hard to decipher who exactly to put on it. Right, it really is, yeah. The no-brainer, 100%, got to be on there. Has to be the founder of the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Hunt. Yeah. What he was able to do, not just for the Chiefs and for the NFL, but for the sport as a whole and other sports for that matter. Uh, you know, the, the the MLS is one of his brainchilds also. Um, you know, he's a very impactful person in the sports world. He's very generous and kind, and I think that goes a long way. And without you know, for that reason, he's got to be on it. <laughs> Lynn Dawson, Derek Thomas, and Patrick Mahomes. I know Mahomes has only been a starter for three seasons, been with the team for four seasons, but what he's done over these four seasons has totally changed the way that the NFL looks at the Kansas City Chiefs and the way that our organization performs on the field and off the field, honestly. I mean, he's brought these players to the spotlight and allowed them uh, more of a platform to do great things. And, you know, I think players are on their best behavior because of the opportunity that they have to play with them. I, I agree. And I think that draws people into Kansas City too. 100%. Yeah. He's a huge, huge benefit when it comes to recruiting free agents. Right. Yep. So, you know, for that reason, I got to throw him on there. It's, it kills me not to put one of the early 2000s players like Tony G, Dante Hall, Priest Holmes, those guys. Of course, there's so many other players from the 90s and other eras like Bobby Bell, Buck Buchanan, those guys who are the first true stars here in Kansas City. Uh, but, you know, it's limited to four, so I got to pick, right. pick the guys who I think are best. What do you got? I think yours is pretty close, right? Yeah, so um, I, I want to add Marty Schottenheimer. Okay. Not the most successful here in Kansas City at all. Took us to an AFC championship. But I think Kansas Cityans, is that what we call people from Kansas City? Kansas Cityans? That sounds right. But uh, I think Kansas Cityans (laughs) maybe not resemble, but like feel a love for Marty Schottenheimer more now than maybe even the early 2000s after he left. Mm -hmm. Um, but we feel a connection with Marty Schottenheimer. I don't know what it is, but I, I get that feeling. He's it, blue collar like us, and not know? necessarily myself, like because I didn't get to watch a lot of Marty Schottenheimer football, right? I, I remember it at least. But like you talk to people who are forties, fifties, sixties about Chiefs football, they talk about Marty Schottenheimer. Do they not? They you know do. what I mean? They talk about DT Marty Schottenheimer, or that all that whole era. Right. Agreed. Um, it's. It's because of what he was able to do for the tailgate scene. We don't we don't have Kansas City Chiefs tailgates if Marty Schottenheimer doesn't encourage the fans the way that he did back then. Right. And then uh, I want to talk about Andy Reid. Okay. So give Andy Reid another three years. Let's say he just does one more Super Bowl. He's got to be on the list, right? I mean... But yeah. who do you take off? Or, I or I guess question one is: Do you put Andy Reid on to or on? Do you put Andy Reid on? And then the second question is: Who do you take off? If your answer is yes. Oh gosh! If they win another Super Bowl, I mean, how do you not put a two-time Super Bowl winning coach 
for your franchise on your Mount Rushmore. Right, and then and let's say for the next twenty years, Brett Veach keeps puts together five more t- Super Bowl teams. Yeah. <laughs> He's absolutely on. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to discount general managers, but they just don't. They're not the face of the team. Yeah, of course they are. They orchestrate the success for that team 100. percent But their impact is not really. Uh, what's the right word here? It's the credit is often not given to them. You don't we'll feel put it on the way. field. Yes, you don't see them more often than not. Right. Um, I mean, of course, today's world with media being the way that it is, you get a lot more in-depth look at the way these things play out. But, I mean, can you tell me who the general manager was for the uh, 1970 Steelers? No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, and and he was able to win four Super Bowls in six years. Right. And I guarantee you, anyone putting together the Steelers, Mount Rushmore is not putting on put him on there. No, but they have more than two Super Bowls. That's true. I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't put. I don't think I could put Brett Veach on there, knowing that there are other players who are more impactful not just for the Chiefs but for the sport as a whole like <clears throat> I feel like the locks the 100% locks for the Chiefs Mount Rushmore is Lamar Hunt and Derek Thomas how do you take off Derek Thomas a man who I don't think you can take I, I think Lynn Dawson's more of a lock than Derek Thomas I mean Lynn Dawson is pretty damn close to being a lock too but, like, but yeah with, he was our guy but with Andy Reid coming the... up that's who I would probably <laughs> take off <laughs> he's our guy in the 60s <laughs> But look what he's been doing for the organization since. Like, it hasn't stopped. Oh, he's been local forever. Right. It's hard. That's what I'm saying. It's hard. Lynn Dawson's a lock. Sign a picture <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I, That's tough. My list, I'm taking off Marty Schottenheimer for Andy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's much more palatable. Yeah, what about Pat? But if you're, yeah, who are you swapping out for Mahomes? Because <laughs> if, if Andy's winning, then, you, Pat's, then Pat's got him. <laughs> yeah, and who right. knows what he does individually. Right, right. Huh. That's a tough, tough discussion. Something who to would your on. Mount Rushmore be, Something listeners? To sleep on. Something to sleep on. Tell us who your Chiefs Mount Rushmore is or your favorite team in general. Just share it with us on Twitter, IG, whatever. We want to hear what you got and yeah. what your argument is. Unless it's the Raiders. You can text me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. So, Chiefs talk, we're going to conclude it. We got about 15 more minutes to run through some shit. So, opt-out window closed today. This is the COVID opt-out window. Of course, nobody opted out. COVID's over. Uh, It's more of a formality at this point. Nikhil Harry, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, requested a trade. He's a former first-round pick. He's not really met the production level that they expected from him, a first-round pick, and there's a lot of wide receivers on the team right now. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, uh, just two names off the top of my head who have joined that organization, Um, not to mention everyone else they already had on their roster, a couple other receivers that have better rapport with Cam Newton. So there's really just not a place for him. I would be surprised if they don't trade him, I'd be surprised if he's not uh, a cut candidate, you know, someone who's going to be cut during right, uh, right. preseason. And then Trevor Lawrence signed his rookie deal, $60.9 million, $24.1 million of that is signing bonus, four years, fifth-year option, which is standard for first-round picks. 
That puts him top 10 richest rookie deal of all time, just behind Jamarcus Russell for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. God, they're terrible. When you told me that earlier, I was like, man, who's who's the top who's the top one? And then I looked down, I was scrolling through this, and I was like, Sam Bradford. Who else is on this list that he does not want to be on this list with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a myriad of just terrible choices God. on this list. And a lot of them are first-round picks. And a lot of first-round picks don't pan out. Or, I'm sorry, first overall. Right, right. Number one overall right, picks. Right. And, you know, they can't all be Hall of Fame players. Right. I mean, how many second overall picks are great all the time? Yeah. It's probably similar. Doesn't right. doesn't happen. You just don't have the hype. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the last few number one overall picks, uh, I mean, who was the, the number one overall pick last year? Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, he's still, the jury's still out on him. Right. Number one. He looked like a stud, though. He did. I mean, before he tore his ACL. But 2017, you look at 2017, one of the greatest NFL drafts of all time is how it's, you know, trending to be with Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, just all the deep, you know, late-round draft picks. Solomon Thomas was the number one overall pick for the San Francisco 49ers. Not even on the fucking team anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just the way that that shit happens sometimes. So hopefully Trevor Lawrence's fortunes don't match that of Jamarcus Russell's. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I hope. I hope he or Sam out. Bradford, because yeah. who knows? Sam Bradford could have been really good if he wasn't hurt all the time. So let's jump into some NFL futures, some betting, some odds that are out there. Um, we're just going to highlight a few big bets that, you know, we want to jump across. and It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, we got to save that for a soundbite. We're going to use that for every betting segment going forward. So Beautiful. The NFL... Favorites. So these are the favorites for each of the biggest things to happen in the NFL. The Super Bowl, conference championships, and the MVP award. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 taking place in Arizona. <clears throat> We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the betting favorite, at plus 500. You put that money in now at plus 500, you will not be disappointed. No, because the end of October... It's going to be probably sitting around 150 or so, plus yeah. 150, maybe, maybe even 120. Yeah, yeah. I'd say there's a good chance it could be plus 100 by the time we get to playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you 100%. Know. It might be minus 50 or something by then. <laughs> I mean, if we're 14 and 3 or, or 15 and 2, yeah, it's going to be looking Forget sexy. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. So next you have the Bucks, the defending champs, plus 600. That's typical. You would expect to see that. Don't take it. Don't take it. It's not going to happen. They're going to get upset in the playoffs by, I don't know, the fucking Cowboys or something. Yeah. Anyway, Ew. that's my, uh, you know, just a hashtag just a hunch. Cowboys beat the Bucks in the playoffs. I'm sticking with it. Wow. Yeah, put it to paper. God, that's yeah, cringy. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's a steep drop after the two previous contenders in the Super Bowl. And all these guys are four-digit odds. So... Plus bill or bills plus eleven hundred. I'd take that. I would too. Rams plus thirteen hundred. I wouldn't touch that with wouldn't ten touch foot it. pole. Nope. 
Ravens plus fourteen hundred wouldn't, wouldn't touch, touch that either. No, no. Ravens might not even make the playoffs this year. They ah. drop off. Well, let's just take it easy. <laughs> just hush. <laughs> I think I think they definitely make the playoffs. There's a good chance they win their division. I'm out on the Ravens. Oh, oh no, Cleveland's winning the division, bro. Cleveland? Yes. Believeland? Yes. <laughs> Trey's yes. a believer. I am, man. I am. I'm all what's, in. What's Cleveland's? I would have Cleveland's odds above Ravens for sure, and the Rams. I would say they're above the Cleveland. I would put the Browns above the Rams. Twelve fifty plus twelve fifty. Yeah, I would also have the Bills probably around nine hundred. That's pretty high for the Bills. That's why I would take that all. Eleven hundred is pretty solid for. I I I don't. I, I would take that money all day. If you give me eleven hundred on the Bills, I'd put a twenty spot down and just be good. Okay, collect so my winnings. They don't even list them in the AFC Championship. Chiefs plus two fifty. Bills plus six hundred. Ravens plus six fifty. AFC champ winners. How That's do you not take the the Bills at plus six hundred? You have to. How do you not? You have to. Even just like a little, you know, whatever. Even the Chiefs at two fifty. You're like, okay, yeah, I they're going back to Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFC champ. You got Bucks plus three hundred five. That's got to be for Florida. You know, they got that area code down there. What the <laughs> fuck? Bills, or I'm sorry, Rams plus six hundred. Forty Niners. Plus six twenty five. What are the Packers at? The Packers are plus eight hundred. Lock that in. The Rogers thing is the only reason okay, why they so aren't. He, okay, so he plays. I think the Rogers thing is the only reason why they aren't above the Rams. The Agreed. Packers. I agree one hundred percent. But yeah. let's say he plays. So you're mm-hmm. kind of playing two bets there. One that Aaron Rodgers plays. It's kind of like then, a parlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two that he comes in and actually makes does damage. <laughs> Okay, so he's in here for the MVP at plus 1,000. Yes. He's the defending MVP um, after Mahomes, plus 450, which is also amazing odds right now. I mean, it's kind of like the stock market. When the price drops, you buy the dips. These are the dips. That's why I'm all in on the the Packers and Rodgers. These odds are the dips right now. I'm all in on the Packers. Packers and Cardinals, I'm taking everything I can get. Packers, Cardinals, yes. NFC Championship matchup? No, but futures. <laughs> MVPs, <laughs> NFC Championships, making the playoffs. Maybe like a 10-7 and 7 or 11-6 and 6 record. Okay. Yeah, give me all that. All of it. Give me all of it. <laughs> right on. Well, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical about the Cardinals making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I'd put him in the NFC champ. I think they fucking might show out this year. Yeah. I think Kyler Murray's, I want to see his MVP He's a odds. fucking unit. Can you imagine if he put up what Lamar Jackson did a few years ago he when can, he won bro. the MVP? He can, But he can do better in the passing game. Agreed. He can rush 1,000 yards, pass for 4,500. And, and he's got it in him to make that play. Yeah. He can make that play. At any time. Lamar can't make that play. At any time he can do it. So that's it for those the favorites. Some some cool shit going on in the NFL to be excited about. Let's look at some sleepers. Yep. So I just grabbed three categories, you know, teams to make the playoffs, uh, players to win comeback player of the year, which is something that I have a lot of thoughts about, and then division winners. We didn't pick the favorites on the division winner side. We picked teams that could win it that have some pretty fucking awesome odds. So first let's start with teams who are going to make the playoffs. And there's two that have plus favorable odds 
that I think are fucking locks for the playoffs, and it's the Cardinals at plus 190 and the Steelers at plus 170. Mm-hmm. With the expanded playoffs, there's a good chance the Steelers get one of those two bottom wild card seeds, six or seven seed, <clears throat> and that's all they have to get. You get that, you lock that bet in. I think Steelers are iffy. I don't know if I take that. I would. The AFC's been strong, man. It has. You got the Colts and the Packers, or and the uh, and the Titans that are battle for the division every year. Yep. You got uh. Their division's tough. You got uh Justin uh. Herbert. Herbert over Herbie. in L.A. Dude, he's they're gonna be at least five hundred this okay. year. So here was the playoff teams last year. Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Titans, Titans, Steelers, Browns, Colts. Or not Colts. Steelers, Browns. Dolphins? No, it was Colts. Phillip Rivers. So those seven teams. Oh, of yeah. those seven teams, who would fall out? The Steelers. You don't think the Colts are falling out? I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't make a decision on that dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I think I the Chargers... I, it's either the Steelers or the Colts, man. I think the Chargers find themselves in the playoffs and bump the Colts. I'm and everything else stays the same. Just not bought in on anything Pittsburgh's doing. Najee Harris is a, an animal, let me tell you. Yeah. But their offensive line the is significantly times? weaker. You gonna run the ball 35 times a game? No, it's stupid. <laughs> I'm not bought in, dude. Uh, Big Ben's I, not the guy. Listen, I don't fuck with the Steelers. I don't think that they're going to make a run in the playoffs. I can but count I think you, they'll win 10 games and I make can the count playoffs. you four losses right now. Cleveland, Cleveland, Baltimore, Baltimore. They get double swept? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And they drop one to Cincy. No way. <laughs> yes, bro. I'm no fucking you. way. They might beat Baltimore once. Oh. Joe Burrow beats him in Cincy. That's some crazy talk. So play this if back. You find play your... this back for me in December, bro. I will. I'm gonna say this this episode's getting fucking bookmarked. We gotta we got a <laughs> lot of shit that's gonna that we need to double back on later yeah, on. We're going to have to snip some of these clips and play them in December and be like, wow, Trey should be up like 5000 bucks, but he didn't put in any money, so he has no money. <laughs> it's like, uh, damn, I should have bought in on Doge at point yeah. five. <laughs> uh, all right, comeback player of the year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, plus 700. That's an automatic. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, plus 1,000. That's another one. OBJ, I'm out on that one at plus 2,000. Julio, plus 3,900. I'm out. Mike Thomas at plus 5,000. I'm taking that. Fuck it. I'm taking that. Put five bucks on. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably putting 50 on it, maybe. <laughs> I mean, to, for what a do you, grand? Well, what do you have to lose? Right, 50 bucks to get a grand. And Mike Thomas, who just had the the record for, was it receiving yards or touchdowns? Uh, Receiving yards. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm t- receptions. Two years ago. Receptions. Two years ago. I'm taking that. Oh, yeah. So, my problem is I haven't been able to find any odds on George motherfucking Kittle. He played eight games. Played in eight games. He played maybe in eight games, snap. but he played like five full games. Right. Maybe. Right. And still put up great numbers. Obvi- I think he's an obvious choice for comeback player of the year if he plays a healthy season, but I can't find any fucking odds on him. And if it's plus 
25,000, I want it. Yeah, right. I want it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on the same boat. I mean, that's a, that, I mean, that's a, that, yeah, that, that, for somebody that came off two years ago, and it was probably the best tight end in the league two years ago. <clears throat> that hurts. That, that one hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stings yeah, the mouth. But, I mean, yeah, that's an automatic. I think there's stipulations that go into that, though, and we talked a little bit about it. If you played eight games, you probably can't get comeback player of the year. Right. And he played, he showed in eight games. I don't know what the guidelines Honestly are. Honestly, don't know either. And I, mean, I don't know who picks that and how you pick that. There, there's got to be guidelines, though. Cause, it's probably like all the writers, like what they do for all pro, right, that kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah. There's not, don't, you don't just show up and vote every year. You actually be a, have to be a part of policy and yeah. shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a committee. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah. there's palms that are greased to yeah. get certain players. Yeah. They dip their feathers <laughs> into pin caps right. and then write real policies. And right. Shit. They chisel it into stone. Yeah. You know, it's that a kind real of deal. I'll, I'll buy into that. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. So, uh, teams to win their divisions that are not favored to win their divisions. AFC North is the Steelers at plus 400. You touching that? Yeah. I am too. I'm putting my hands all over it. Yeah, probably just like 20 bucks though. Yeah, that's fair. AFC South, Texans at plus 2,000. I'll put five on it. I think everybody's forgot. That's also like a parlay. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, all of these are. I would just throw like three or four of these in a parlay and see what happens. Forget about it. Is Deshaun Watson going to play? If oh, so, yeah, that's, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 that's the first leg of that parlay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he if he plays, then they have a real legitimate shot of winning, right. and I bet those odds drop to like plus 500. Yeah, agreed. But still a tough division. Oh, yeah. AFC East, Patriots, plus 350, which is not really a, a too terribly strong of a division. No. I mean, you've got the Bills, who are the, the odds-on favorite. Get the Dolphins who are yeah, up and coming. I, yeah, Jets are trash. I didn't even think about the Bills. Yeah, but that's a tough deal. The Patriots retooled their entire roster and brought back players that were familiar with Bill Belichick's system. Plus, yeah, they still have that Bill Belichick guy. Too. You have an eight-time Super Bowl champ, Bill Belichick, yeah. leading the team. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Yeah, and Cam's got another year under the system. Oh, AFC yeah. West Chargers plus six hundred. Not gonna fucking happen. I wouldn't touch it. Nope. You got to be praying for a for an injury. Yeah. At yeah. That point. Which could and happen. If you do really. your dirt bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFC North, the Vikings at plus two twenty seven, which could definitely happen. You might look at that. Now it's so low because there is definitely a possibility that could happen. Well, even Vi- with Aaron Rodgers in. Yeah, I got know? Minnesota as like one of my few dark horses of the. They're of going the to the playoffs. That's the bottom line. Okay. Okay. Take that. Okay, I will. <laughs> NFC South Falcons at plus eight hundred. Um, we could see the Bucks be a wild card team. That's not out of this world. Falcons suck though, but we could see the Falcons from three or four years ago. That's true. I mean, they have. They don't have to worry about Julio anymore. <laughs> you know, they don't have to hold a slot for twenty-seven million dollars or whatever. A year. They did get a lot of flexibility with that. I mean, plus eight hundred's good odds. Yeah, it's really good odds. Yeah, these next two are my favorite though. NFC East. You got the Cowboys at plus 122, Giants at 374, Washington at 255. I'm probably jumping on Washington. I was going to say, Fitzmagic yeah. at plus 255 <laughs> in that trash-ass division? Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> jumping on Washington. That dude's dropping bombs on everybody. Yeah. And the Cowboys secondary is ass. Yeah. There's I, a chance yeah. they split or maybe even sweep the boys. I just can't. I'm So the Cowboys are like the Falcons for me. 
every time I've even came relatively close to putting money on them, they've fucked it up somehow. They found a way. Yeah. They found a way to really screw it up for me. Which was so, so odd in that game last year when the Cowboys and the Falcons played each other because they kept fucking up. Both yeah. teams kept fucking up. It just was like, who's going to fuck up last? Right. And it turned out to be the Falcons. Right. So our last one here, and this is actually my favorite, Cardinals plus 55 or plus 550, Rams and Niners at plus 190, and Seahawks at plus 275. I'm grabbing Cardinals at plus 550 all day. How the hell do you not? And I'm grabbing Seahawks at 275. How the hell do you not? I'm not I mean, touching the Niners. I'm not touching the Rams. The Rams with Matthew Stafford, new quarterback. It's questionable. Stafford's talented. They have a talented roster. The Niners, I don't. I I would. I would first take a bet that they don't make the playoffs over taking them to win that division. Agreed. The Cardinals at plus be, what though? To not if make somebody, the playoffs. If somebody, okay, let me let me throw. I bet it's like plus one hundred five. Let me throw this at you. Somebody threw you a plus two hundred for the Niners to win the division. Or actually, hold on, hold on. A plus one hundred for the Niners to plus one ten for the Niners to win the division, or a minus or a plus one fifty or plus one ten. Let's say just to keep it keep uh, the even equal. odds. Yeah, for them to not go to the playoffs. Which one are you taking? I'm taking the not playoffs. Their win total is ten and a half. That's the line on their win total. That's not division winning. Do you take the over not or the with under? the cards and the Seahawks, no. Do you take the over or the under? The under, that? all day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess that theoretical I just threw out front of you kind of sucked ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if they if they hit the under at 10.5, I don't think 10 wins is enough to win that division. I don't know if it's even enough to make the playoffs because last year we had a two 10-win teams that didn't. One on each side, or both in the AFC? Both in the AFC. AFC. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins didn't make it, and... Ten six. Maybe there was just one. The Cardinals were the one out on the NFC. What were they, nine and seven? Nine and seven. Huh, okay. But there's an extra game. Okay, so... So ten wins means less. Right. I don't think they win nine games. No. The Niners. I mean, there's a real possibility the, they get swept by their division. I'm calling the Rams at 10 games. I don't think they're going to be good. You're taking the under on their win total, too, then. What is it, 11 and a half I or 11? I think it's 11. Seahawks, I think, is 10 and a half. Cardinals are, Cardinals are 8 and a half. Oh my god. Disrespect. Oh my god. The disrespect, dude. I'm telling you. Okay, I'm jumping straight to my <laughs> I'm jumping straight to my just a hunch. Cardinals go to the NFC championship and hammer hammer every future that you can get your hands on. Listen to me, Hudson, right now. <laughs> Hudson, put it in. Just do it. Put the futures in, Hudson, because I'm taking us home, baby. Do it. Put it in. Lock it in. My just a hunch was earlier. I'm sticking with it. Cowboys are making the playoffs. Bucks are making the playoffs. They're going to meet up. Cowboys are knocking them off. Oh, my God. What round? Divisional. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like being radical as shit today. I probably got better odds the Cardinals winning the Super Bowl than you do the Cowboys beating Tom Brady in the You playoffs. sure do. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking definitely do. Oh, hey, but I'm sticking with it. Okay, I'm all right with that. All right, remember, share us... Share with us your hashtag just a hunch. Yep. Last month of football, get these fucking hunches out there before the season starts, Let's before you lose your opportunity to do it. This is the best time to talk about them because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. You give us a hunch, text it, message it, whatever. We'll yeah. talk about it on the next show. We need topics. It's fucking bone dry out there in the news yeah, world. Yeah, until next month, baby. Until next month. Hey, appreciate everybody. Episode 17 course during the season we're going to get back on our weekly routine so be looking out for when that schedule is going to drop um thank you all so much for continuing to hang in there listen with us over the off season a lot of great things happening in sports still but you know football is where our passions lie and that's kind of what the show's focused on so um until next time appreciate you listening got anything for him trey much love everybody we'll see you here in a couple weeks yes sir let's get Hi.